It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this ninth day of uh, October 2016. And... uh, we're here today with our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, today we have Ashnod, and uh, we're going to have a couple others. We're waiting on Dub and Sylvia to show up, and we're going to be discussing some diabetes Um uh, which is very important. A lot of veterans do have diabetes, and the VA seems to want to say everybody's got pre-diabetes. <laughs> have they told you guys that? They told me that. Oh, you ain't got diabetes. You're just pre-diabetic. <laughs> They've been giving me medication for the last. Fifteen years. (laughs) I don't know. And every time my sugar level's out of kilter, they raise cane. They did give me diabetic shoes. You can hide it underneath a walnut shell or a mosquito's jock strap, but it's a... I can sure tell you all I know about the law associated with that. Kick ass and take names on that part of it. Yeah, uh, they said uh, everything's good till you try to do a claim on it, and they say, "Well, how about your diabetes? You taking insulin?" <laughs> I said, "No, I'm using metaphor like everybody else. Well, Few people take insulin." The guys that the guys that actually take metformin, I'm trying to remember the schedule ratings for that. I'll look it up here just in a minute. It's yeah, four point seven. What is it? Four point one. Oh, that's breast, lymphatic, hemic, skin, the endocrine system, isn't it? I don't know what it is, but. What, I take 1,500 milligram of it. Yeah, here it is. I've got it. Yeah, 10% rating is manageable by restricted diet only. Requiring insulin and restricted diet or oral hypoglycemic agent restricted diet is 20%. So even if you eat metformin, that's considered an oral agent, you still could get to 20%. You don't have to be shooting up insulin to get it. Yeah, uh, well... You know, when I go in the hospital, they give me shots of insulin. Yeah, but if well, you ain't a hundred percent in the hospital, if it's service connected, you get a hundred percent while you're in there, more than twenty-one days. Oh hell, you wouldn't live in the hospital twenty-one. Oh man, <laughs> you die they're, around here. <laughs> oh, we have another caller in here. Time uh, served. <laughs> Six six one two area code. 
Is that uh, you? Uh, Key Dove? Yes. Well, can you hear me? I, I guessed your your name. And yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Are you Good, the one that's um, supposed to? Are you the one supposed to sing the song? Uh, we got a uh, somebody's supposed to sing the national anthem here. Oh, uh, that's that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I would just but anyway, I'm call I'm calling from Vermont. Oh, okay. And. Oh, let's see. I guess, you know, I wrote that post because this is personal for me, you know, or for my for my husband too. Because uh in 2003, he was diagnosed with diabetes 2 by his private doctor. And uh he was told to go on a Mediterranean diet and to you know, get certain cookbooks, which we got. And we've worked very, very hard, you know, to keep his glucose under control. And um, so then, okay, so that was all under private care, and he's been in, you know, was in in private care for a long time. Then we moved to uh, Minnesota, and he started using the VA, and they refused to acknowledge uh, his private records showing that he had diabetes too. They said he was pre-diabetic. So we said, uh, okay, so what do we have to do? Go off the diet to prove it to you? And they said, well, no, don't do that. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, here we are back in Vermont, and he's going to the VA clinic in Burlington, and they're still listing. You know, we gave them the same proof. They're listing pre-diabetic on his code. And now I I should add that my husband is a, a, uh, he was a Vietnam combat vet, and we know this is all about, you know, money, right? Agent Orange. Uh, That's right. In Vietnam, I don't see where the VA would have a leg to stand on. Uh, Well, I don't know. They, but I think I I would agree with you. But you know, I was looking through some of the uh, decisions uh, that in the last few days, and they are denying many, many, many Vietnam vets for the same type of reason or stupid reasons. And yeah. um, I think I think that Sylvia has um, an attorney or who's maybe can tell us some more. You know whether there could be a class action suit for this issue as well. I you know of how many be, uh, logging on here in a little bit. So good. Hopefully good. Well, you know. Be- yeah. Well, I'm going to get off and listen to what they have to say, but. If there was some way that we could go through those decisions and try to figure out how many, at least at the BVA, you know, have have been denied Vietnam veterans. Now that's one thing. If 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 a guy pretends that he was in Vietnam and wasn't, well, you know, that's a, that's crazy and that's not truthful. But um. 
but we'll never be able to find out, I don't think, how many uh, Vietnam vets were just turned down or have been um, mis-diagnosed mis, you know, you know, at the ROs. Let me interject. This is Jay. This is Jay. I'm a co-host of the show. Um, okay. Go ahead, John. I can see. I do a lot of reading to BBA, and you see a lot of decisions based on diabetes. We get a lot of denials, and basically, a Vietnam in-country veteran boots on the ground, slinging Vietnam mud. So, if they contract diabetes at a later date, that is a presumptive condition under Beverly Meemer, N-E-H-N-E-R. That is a court order. So you need to explain it to the regional office in that way. And also, don't read too much into the DVA decision because DVA decisions are exactly what they are. It's an administrative law judge decision. The decisions you should look at are the Court of Veterans' Appeals decision circuit because some of those decisions are precedent setting, like the Nemer case I just told you about. You need to look up Beverly Nemer and read her case, okay? Okay. Well, the other, you know, I guess, but the other thing is, what about, what do they do um, when his current VA doctor has diagnosed him as pre-diabetic? Well, what you do then is you need to go ahead and get back to Vermont or whatever your other records are. Get those records from those uh, those other doctors. You need to put those all together. Then, Then you need to get that claim out of the regional office. And into the BVA. You need to get that yeah, out of the away from the regional office. The hold of well, you know, like Alex. He can help you. <laughs> hey, Alex. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. Go get a doctor to say he has diabetes. He doesn't even have to write it as a nexus, but you could get him to do it. It would be sweet. But to say that he has diabetes, then automatically he wins. Automatically he's going to win. If he's eating metformin or anything to combat this above and beyond uh, uh, diet, then you're going to get 20%. But if you're just doing it with diet, you should get it for 10%. But what you should get, you should get a rating. You should, even if it's a goose egg at 0%, it's, he should still be rated for it because it's going to happen regardless of what they think or say. They're just calling a pre-diabetic, which is a diagnosis. If you have somebody else's diagnosis from a private doctor, he says, no, 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 no. He's way past pre-diabetic, son. He's diabetic. He's past tense diabetic. It has been right. since it's such and such a day from what I can determine from reading his records. VA has There's a the very first time you ever after 2001 and pay you from right there for it. Well, you know, when we were, again, when we were in, in, when we were in Minnesota, we were, um, we at first, you know, we were dealing at first with the county VSO initially. And I, we explained this to him and he got, he got Jay's medical records and he looked and he goes, yeah, he does have free, I mean, he has diabetes too, according to this, but I can tell you that he will get rejected at Minneapolis because um, because he's in the pre-diabetic range now. So, I mean, it's like, it's, you know, he just, his, this man was a really good man and an honest man. 
And he just told us over, he's seen it over and over again. It doesn't matter if you're in Vietnam. They don't care. <laughs> Were you well, in Minneapolis? Uh, they care uh, when you get to the CAB. Phil, are you in there? Yes, I am. Well, I thought that was you. Uh, Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. I was shocked with this story when uh, when I read it because it is very easy to know when somebody's a pre-diabetic. Pre-diabetes is the stage before diabetes, and for that to be classified as a pre-diabetic, you have to have a fasting blood sugar above 100 to 125. So 100 to 125, you're pre-diabetic automatically. And and you so okay now let's say that somebody becomes a diabetic blood sugar goes up over 126 any anything higher than 126 you're diabetic but let's say that they give you medication to lower your blood sugar and now your blood sugar is 102 and so now that says that you're pre-diabetic well once you're a diabetic you cannot go back to being pre-diabetic. That's the end. Right. You know, that, that just doesn't happen. So what they're doing is they're raising people that are diabetics as pre-diabetics so they don't have to give them any benefits. And that is so wrong. Yep. Well, it's, the whole principle with the VA is very simple. To deny as long as you can until you can deny no more, and then you give it to them. And somebody has to die in order for you to get on the ship. One person has to jump off before one person can jump on. Being this, because had the same exact number of 100% disabled or TDIU on the books for the last 26 years, and we've got, just went through a 15-year war. Wow. So you know, when you is, look at diabetes... I've done this with the porphyria cutanea tarda. The, the guy gives me a C&P exam, and he says, well, your skin's affected, but it's in remission right now because it's winter. But in the summer, just stay out of the sun, and it won't bother you, and, and, and keep getting your phlebotomies that make you anemic. And you go, okay, well, that's fine, but I should get a 30% rating on my skin because it, it covers that's more That's right, than because you have it. And the guy goes, well, no. You're you're take, doing phlebotomies and you're staying out of the sun, so you're only qualified for ten percent, not thirty. That's well, that's not fair. That's an ameliorative thing. If I do the metformin or substitute, stay out of the sun and get phlebotomies, then I'll be below the level that a certain rating would give me. I had another guy with really bad psoriasis, and if he didn't put any cream on him. Broke out really bad, but when he went in for his C and P, of course he was using his cream and all the stuff, and his skin had settled down a bit. So they give him twenty percent instead of sixty percent. So, so basically, what they're saying is, you must have the symptoms, however bad the symptoms are of the disease, or else we're not going to give you any benefits. Well, that's like going in there and not being treated. You know, don't don't treat me so I can have the symptoms so you can give me benefits. That's crazy. Well, that's yeah. the way it works, and they'll look at you and, and, and use everything they can against you. Sometimes what you don't say is what they'll write down in the records. 
patient did not indicate that he had a problem with such and such and such. So that becomes a finding, a fact that you don't have it. Just because you didn't mention it when you were there that day doesn't mean you don't have it. VA uses little things like that trip you up and, and say, well, the veteran never endorsed having a hives or a skin disturbance on his face. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was, you know, December and I wasn't out in the sun or the cold. You so. know, what, what was really disturbing is that three different places had denied this man had diabetes. Three different places at the VA. When a doctor was saying he does have it. You know, and right. that, that's very disturbing to me. And there was there was results in there from previous years that he had a, a, a blood sugar, a fasting blood sugar of 130. That's diabetes. Well, my suggestion is, with everyone else that I've done this for, with before, is, hey, go off the menu, drive that blood sugar over 126, walk in there, do your CNP, put it in your records, and the doctor will say, oh, my goodness, look, you're diabetic here. Here's some metformin. Eat that metformin for a little while, get raided by the VA, quit eating the metformin, and go back to your diet that was controlling well, it that's before the you're eating the metformin. No, no, well, that's, wait a minute. But if you, you see, metformin doesn't work like all the other medications for diabetes. There's different types of medications. There's the ones like glipizide and gliburide that lower blood sugar by stimulating the pancreas to make more insulin. Those are the ones that you're going to see the blood sugar go down when you take it or when you don't. Metformin does not work like that. Metformin doesn't stimulate the pancreas to make more insulin. It helps you in different ways. When you take metformin, it helps you so that the liver doesn't give you so much sugar at night. And it helps you. It helps you so much I don't know. Also, it helps you so that when you eat the food, it turns into sugar in your stomach so that it slowly goes into your veins and not as fast. See, so it does. Your blood sugar doesn't rise as fast. But it does Sylvia, I have a I have a question for you. Yes. Okay. My husband craves sugar, like he wants to eat cookies and candy and stuff. What does that mean? <laughs> that that means that he's insulin resistant. Let me explain to you what what it means to be a diabetic. Maybe and that that will help you understand better. Okay, let's imagine that this is you guys. You're not diabetics, okay? You are going to eat a sandwich, a ham sandwich. So in, in the mouth, it goes in the mouth and down the esophagus and into the stomach. When the sandwich gets into the stomach, then it turns into liquid sugar. And that liquid sugar gets absorbed into your veins. So now you have sugar in your veins. That automatically sends a message to the pancreas, and it says, please, Mr. Pancreas, give me some insulin because this person has high blood sugar. And so the pancreas says, sure, and it gives you a bunch of insulin. Now imagine that this insulin is in the shape of yellow keys. Okay, and, you, and the pancreas gives you 100 of those insulin keys. So now the pancreas is going to open the doors to all your cells, to your muscle cells. And when the doors are open, then the sugar that's in your veins goes in there to feed your cells, and that and the cells get nice and strong and healthy and happy, and that's how your food turns into energy. That's the way it's Okay. Okay, now let's look at a diabetic. The diabetic eats the same sandwich that you ate, 
And in goes in the mouth, down the esophagus, and into the stomach. And when your sandwich gets into the stomach, it turns into liquid sugar. From the stomach, it goes into your veins. And once it's in the veins, it automatically sends a message to the pancreas, and it says, please, Mr. Pancreas, give me insulin. Now, on a normal person, the pancreas gave you 100 insulin keys. But since you're now that diabetic, a diabetic doesn't have as much insulin. So it only gives you 25 keys, 25 insulin keys. Those keys go and open the door to some of your muscle cells, and the sugar goes inside of those. But since you don't have enough insulin keys, a lot of the cells remain blocked, and the sugar has nowhere to go, so it stays in your veins. Okay. See, so now you have too much sugar in your veins. When I go and take a test, what I'm going to find out is that you have way too much sugar. And a lot of the cells, because you couldn't open them with the insulin, they stayed locked and they didn't get to eat anything. So how do you think those cells feel? How would you feel if you didn't eat for a long time? How do you feel when you don't eat for a long time? Hungry, so he wants the he, yeah tired, yeah he wants the energy craves sweets right and a lot of times when you eat things that that turn into sugar very quickly like for example bread or tortillas or anything that is bread pasta it turns into sugar very quickly and it goes away very quickly so in two hours after you've eaten bread it's already gone and what happens is your body likes it and so now you're gonna crave more sugar. Okay, so this is part of the disease. Well, no, it's part of also diet. It, I mean, it is part of the disease because you you keep getting, as time goes by, you keep getting more and more uh, resistant to the insulin. It's sort of like if, uh, like if uh, your body has the key, but it got rusty and now it doesn't fit anymore. And as time goes by, you get more and more of those rusty insulin keys and less of the ones that work. And so that you become more and more insulin resistant. That's why a lot of times doctors have to give you more medicine or they have to increase the dose of the insulin because you're becoming more insulin resistant. Okay, okay what, causes it, what causes you to become more insulin resistant? Obesity, because fat cells do not respond to insulin as well. Yeah, oh. well, he's not obese. He's not obese, so, so. If, you, if you're obese yeah. and you lose like seven, seven to ten uh, pounds, then you will uh, become less insulin resistant. Um, if he's not obese, then it's just probably the, the illness or the diet. Look at diet. What is he eating? Let's say, for example, breakfast. What does he eat for breakfast? Oatmeal and toast? No. Okay, let's say that. Let's, okay, let's yeah. imagine that he does eat in, uh, that he does insulin. Uh, he eats uh, bread and cereal, which most people do. Most most people eat breakfast uh, cereal. So if you eat cereal and a piece of toast, that's all bread, and in two right. hours, it's going to turn into sugar very very quickly. So your blood sugar is going to be very high, and then in a couple of hours it's going to be gone, and you're not going to have anything left. So what do you think your body's going to feel like? It's going to feel like it craves more food and more sugar. Okay, now if instead for breakfast he had, uh, let's say, scrambled eggs, that's not going to turn into sugar very quickly. It's going to last you for eight hours. 
but it's going to turn into sugar and a little into a little bit of sugar. So eating protein is a lot better than eating carbs. So you lower the carbs, eat the protein a little, and your blood sugar is not going to be so high, and you're not going to be craving all the sweet stuff. Yeah, that's a great tip. So you need, to, you need to look at, it's, it's a magic triangle. You need to look at medications, uh, your diet, and exercise. When yeah. you want to control diabetes. Yeah, I'm going to try to do more with him on the uh, protein in the morning because he might just have coffee and fruit. Okay. Start raising yeah. chickens. Okay. Both, both <laughs> coffee. Okay, okay I'll, I'll tell you a rule about fruit. You never, ever eat fruit by itself because what happens is it's going to turn into sugar very quickly, and in half an hour it's going to be way sky high, and then it's going to go away very quickly, and it's going to come bouncing down, boom. So it goes straight up and then way down, and then you're going to crave sugar. So when you eat fruit, you eat it with something else, with, let's say, uh, some peanut butter, uh, cottage cheese, a piece of cheese, uh, anything cream. else. How I'm about sorry? some whip? How about some whipped cream with it? <laughs> no, no, you're adding sugar on top of sugar. Then <laughs> sugar, you're adding sugar and fat on top of your sugar. Uh, but if you, if you, even if you put a couple of crackers or anything else, something left over from another meal, something that is not sweet stuff then your blood sugar is not going to go sky, sky high and then way bottom down. So, right. And then also no. coffee, caffeine makes your blood sugar go up. Did you know that? No. It's yeah, it's caffeine similar. does that. So, uh, but we need, our ca- we need our coffee. We need our coffee. <laughs> well, okay. And you know what? When I, what I tell patients when they don't want to give something up, it's fine. Just let me know. You don't want to give it up. And we'll uh, make adjustments someplace else. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, get off coffee forever. Um, if you just have one cup, that's fine. But but then the best thing was, is it better to to partner it with some fruit, coffee and fruit? No. Put some put some turkey bacon in the microwave yeah. and let him have that scrambled so egg. So uh, now, if he insists on having fruit for breakfast and coffee for breakfast, what are you going to add on there to make it better? Well, you know, I like the, I like the idea of doing scrambled eggs. We we just bought a new gas. Yeah, we just bought a new gas stove. So. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That would be that would be wonderful. So you're going to be bettering his diet just by adding that. Or you can you can do a peanut butter or a, what else? A piece of meat, a piece what anything, a piece of cheese, cottage cheese, yogurt. Yeah. Or even uh, you know, even a a whole wheat English muffin with some egg and cheese or something like that. Perfect. Okay, that would be perfect. That sounds like an egg McMuffin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well. Don't get it from McDonald's. <laughs> Just make it yourself. Yeah. Well, Alex, you what know, do you eat for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> I got short bowel syndrome, so you got to understand, I trade... Certain things like fruit, corn, this and that, whatever I happen to be growing at any given time, I always trade that to my egg lady, so she gets it all year long, all my vegetables, and I get eggs for free, basically. So, okay, see, that would be that would be a great breakfast if you made it an omelet with veggies and 
you know, whatever veggies you want or you have it and, and the eggs, then that, that would be great. I have yeah. bagel buried in cream cheese and six eggs and a huge omelet with a whole bunch of cheese on top of it. And if there's any bacon in the house, it hasn't hidden, I'll eat that, okay, too. You know, believe five. it or not, that's, that's, Alex is having, like, the best breakfast. <laughs> you know, yeah. Breakfast Another thing that you can do is have your breakfast as early as you can. The, late, the, the, the more hours you go without eating during the night, the liver will give you sugar that it has saved for you. That's why diabetics a lot of times have high blood sugar in the morning because they waited way too many hours at night without eating, and the liver says, this poor diabetic's going to die. I better give him some sugar that I've saved in the form of triglycerides. And so the liver will give them sugar, and in the morning it's going to be very high, and the, the diabetic says, why is it so high? I can't imagine why. It's probably the cake I ate three days ago or whatever, and it's, that's not true. It's because you can't eat for so many hours. Okay. So if I was so if if I was a, a, a veteran, <laughs> that I'm not, and if I <laughs> and if I was a diabetic veteran, and they said I had to go to one of those exams, and I wanted my blood sugar to be high, I I wouldn't eat for a long time at night. Yeah, and because taking out the medicine. Yeah, not that I'm giving you bad advice or anything, but but you know it makes sense that a blood sugar is going to be higher if you don't eat for a long time at night. Let's say, what time do you guys have dinner? Oh, around what time six. Do you have dinner? Okay, six around p.m. Six. And what time do you have your breakfast the next day? Oh gosh, like ten o'clock, maybe nine thirty. Okay, so that's a very good example. So from six p.m. to ten a.m. That's 14 hours? Yeah. That's 14 hours. So if you're not eating for 14 hours, and at night your liver's awake making cholesterol, and it notices that your blood sugar is going down because you're not eating, and so it's going down, down, down. The liver says, oh, i got to save this person because their blood sugar is going down. And so the liver has, is like a bank of sugar. It has sugar saved for you as triglycerides. And so it gives you a bunch of sugar. And in the morning, your blood sugar is going to be higher. And the reason it happened is because you did not eat for too many hours. So if you're diabetic, okay, so if your husband's blood sugar is really high in the morning, one of the reasons is because he's not eating for so many hours at night. So what can you do so that so that he will still have some some food, some sugar at night, and the liver will not give him any. What can you do? Well, I guess we could give him some, some cheese and crackers or something. Very good. That's excellent. Okay, now, if you give him, I ask my patients in my class, what do you, what do you eat for a snack at night, you know, at bedtime? And most people say either ice cream or cereal. Uh-huh. And the cereals, okay, cereal is going to last you two to four hours. So if you, let's say that you take at bedtime, your bedtime is 9 p.m., and you eat some cereal at 9, 9 p.m., by 10, 11, by 1 o'clock it's going to be gone. And then your yeah. is going to go down, 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 and the liver will give you more sugar. So it has to be something that will last you all night long, like protein. Protein will last you eight hours. 
Okay. So, yeah, so we'll we have, have, to, give we, we have to reform our, yeah. So we have because to do you know some we reforming. usually we usually we usually think let's not eat late at night, but diabetics are different. Diabetics having a snack at bedtime helps them half an hour before they go to bed, but it has to be something that contains protein and it is a snack, not a meal. Right. So what well, kind thank of you so that will help you? So the, the cheese idea is excellent. If you have a little piece of cheese, that will hold you all night, and then blood sugar is going to be better in the morning. Well, oh. you know, I'll tell you, he, he thought that he was being very virtuous by getting the skinny cow um, ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> but, um, so he's, a, he's one of the ones that has ice cream at bedtime? Yeah, but it's skinny cow, so he feels good about it. <laughs> it's only a, it's only, okay, well, it's only a, it's it's 150 <laughs> calories low fat. Well, and, and anything anything that's 150 calories for a snack is very good, actually. So he he okay. didn't, but not a bit, but not at bedtime. I switch it to some place during the day, but not not at bedtime. That's not gonna help him. But honey, it's one of the five major food groups. <laughs> Eat it, but not at that time. Eat it someplace, you know, as it's lunch or whatever. I don't know. I'll come up with something. I like the peanut butter idea. Peanut butter is good. You can have cheese. You can have a little bit of tuna on crackers um, or have a sandwich. Any kind of meat. You can have um, beans. Beans is protein. So, or half a kiss of Oh, like a bean dip. Anything. A bean dip, maybe. Yeah. Right. Right. Or you can have a, what about, a bean burrito. What about guacamole? What about guacamole? Well, so that's okay. But guacamole is not protein. It's not going to hold you the eight hours. You have to eat something that has protein. Okay. Jeez. And so that would be any protein is any of the meats, uh, nuts, any kind of nuts, peanut butter. Eggs, uh, cheese, soy, and tofu. So take your pick. Mm-hmm. Some beans. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Big old bowl of chili. <laughs> that, that's got protein in it. Yeah. A bowl of cherries. <laughs> chili. Well, what yeah. Are you your, or what are you putting on the on the cherries? Chili. Whipped cream, right? <laughs> <laughs> chili, chili, chili. <laughs> okay, you guys would give me a hard time if you were in my you were in my class. <laughs> no, no. Well, it, it, just tomato, I had, I had a tomato juice and turkey burger. The tomato juice? Well, to, what does tomato juice have? Well, it depends. If it's if it's tomato juice from Alex's home, that's probably gonna be just tomatoes, right? But if we get it from the store, it's probably gonna have sugar in it. Yeah. Oh, and a and ton salt. of salt. Yeah, yeah. And salt and a oh, lot of sodium, right? Right. Yeah, you get the organic kind so of organic kind, it should be okay. You need you need to look at you need to look at labels. I I used to tell my class that if they arrived in the morning and I told them I'm going to take you to the best bakery in the world and I'm going to pay for the donuts and you can have all the chocolate donuts you want, what would you say? Great, you know, you would think that I was very nice to you. But if you came in in the morning and I had a table all set out and 
on the table, I had a bunch of flour and a bunch of lard on top of that and then sugar on top of that, and I asked you to eat it, what would you say? Oh, no, thank you. You think that I got nuts, right? But that's what donuts are. So you need to start thinking about what it is that you're eating. This is pretty interesting. I've never, ever looked at diabetes mellitus like this. I mean, I've looked at it strictly from the legal sense of where you need to make the jump from 20 to 60, but I've never, ever looked at the disease itself and had it explained in Dick and Jane's speak quite so clearly as this. It's, but it's if always you learn more about the disease, then the you can get on never... your claims, you know? I, I, think, I think you guys need, like, a nurse, somebody in the medical profession in, uh, in your team to help you with claims, you know, so that they... Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot tougher to be as somebody in the medical profession uh, with, uh, you know, the way the VA does. What's his claim status on the diabetes? Who are you Say talking again? to me? Yes. No, my my husband. So we what, never what we he never um we never went for it because in Minnesota they said forget it you'll never you'll never win because um he's in the pre-diabetic range now. Well, now I realize okay. they're just lying to everybody. Exactly. Okay. So um, we never bothered please? with it. It just for ten percent, it didn't seem worth it, you know, because it's controlled by the diet. You know what? What is what is also very disturbing is that by by saying that let's look at a hundred and forty-six as a as a baseline for being diabetic. They're missing a lot of people that actually are diabetic that have diabetes. They're saying they're pre-diabetic, and so they, those people are having damage probably for years before they actually get diagnosed as diabetic, and that is absolutely crazy. Do you have the hemoglobin A1C test results? I'm, oh, I'm sorry, say that again. A, do you have the hemoglobin A1C test? I do. Yeah. No. Okay, and no, I wanted I wanted to talk about that. Uh, let me explain okay. to you what a hemoglobin A1C test is. It is a test that is done on hemoglobin, and it is an average like of your blood sugar over three months. So let's it's sort of like if they took your blood sugar every single day for three months and they added them together and divided them by ninety. It's like a like a base like a batting average. Okay, but it's uh, an average of your blood sugar over the last three months. And that number is not used to diagnose diabetes. All the doctors that I work with, none of them use hemoglobin A1C to diagnose. Because what can happen is if you take a blood test every single day for three months, you can have some high readings and some low readings, and they're going to average to a good number, right? So that's not going to be correct. And then also, yeah. since the test is done on hemoglobin, that means that if you are diabetic and your hemoglobin is low, your blood, your your average is not going to be right. It's going to be incorrect. Right. And there's a lot of things that can cause anemia, like uh, cirrhosis, uh, deficiency in vitamin B12, iron deficiency, uh, a lot of different illnesses. 
I mean, there, uh, the, the medication used to treat hepatitis C, ribavirin, causes anemia. There's a lot of things that can cause anemia. And so a hemoglobin A1C on somebody that's anemic is not going to be correct. It's going to be too low. Well, yeah, yeah. mine are really, really low. But, you know, I get a phlebotomy every month for about nine months of the year. Anemia is my middle name. See, that could be. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's exactly it. Your results would not be would not be correct. Take your sugar readings and, every day, yeah. and uh, and you know you know Sophia, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kita. Well, I, I was just going to say that they for that A1C test, his doctor here in Vermont shows him that number, and says, "Look, it's in the normal range. You're pre-diabetic." You have nothing to worry okay, about. Well, when you, first of all, what, again, what's pre-diabetes? A blood sugar between 100 and 125. Okay, and a hemoglobin A1C, all the doctors that I know, they do it to check progress. And they, right. they check, not like the VA does every once in a while or once a year. They check that number every three months when the patient goes back to, to just for a checkup. And what they do is they give them the order for the next time that they come in. They do the blood test like a day before the, the office visit. And by the time they get there, the, the result is there. And then the doctor goes over the results with them. And so the doctor is able to tell whether the patient is doing better over a long period of time because he has results every three months. So if let's say your hemoglobin A1C is 10 the first time that you go see the doctor, and then three months later is 8, and three months later is 6, you can see that this patient is progressing nicely. But if your hemoglobin A1C is 6 and the next time is 8, then the doctor is going to say, wait a minute, something needs to be done here. This is not, not good. So hemoglobin A1C is, is not used to diagnose. It's used to check progress. Control, yeah. And if they're no, using it here, they're using it here to confuse my husband and to tell him that he... In fact, he came back from his last meeting and says, "I don't have diabetes too." Okay, that's he, not he's, be, he's being he's being brainwashed, and I have the... now, and that's why education is going to really help you here. Okay, now, being diabetic is sort of like being pregnant. You're not a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. Right. Same thing with diabetes. You're either diabetic or you're not. You're not in the middle. You're not borderline. There's no such thing as borderline. You're either, either diabetic, and once you're diabetic, you can never be non-diabetic again. Okay, once you get a diagnosis of diabetes, you're diabetic, no matter what you do. So when, when you go into to your doctor and he says, look, your hemoglobin A1C test is showing that you're pre-diabetic, then you're going to tell him that's not true. Because this is an average of the last three months, and I can have high results and low results, and they'll average to pre-diabetes. But that doesn't mean that I'm not a diabetic. Right. I, I think I'm going to have to go to these appointments Yes. to fight. Just to have him pound down about a, five pounds of grapes and a couple of apples and some other stuff right before he goes in there to yeah, drive. That's, that's what, what's that going to do? Yes, 
You're right. Blood sugar is going to be very high very quickly. You want to spike it as rapidly as possible while you're there having the blood dry. A soda will do it nicely. I mean, that's what, you know, what we give at the hospital when somebody has a low blood sugar is juice. Right. Because that's like, like getting an injection directly into your vein of sugar. Yeah. <clears throat> that's also what diabetics use for emergency, too, juice. Right. Right. Yeah. I know I we, we always say orange juice. You know, the, the funny story. I used to, I was teaching a diabetes class one time, and I went to, like, Walmart or one of those places, and I saw uh, the wife of one of my patients running around like crazy all over the place, and I stopped her, and I said, what are you doing? And she says, my husband's having a hypoglycemic reaction out in the parking lot, and I'm looking for the tablet, the sugar tablet that you give a diabetic to raise his blood sugar. So here this woman is surrounded by soda and candy and all this other stuff, but she's looking for that sugar tablet. You know, so... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be juice. It doesn't have to be this one certain thing. It can be any kind of sugar. Just, I mean, this is a, when the blood sugar goes below 70, it's an emergency. You're going to save their right. life by giving them sugar. So, you know, don't look for tablets. Get anything. Yeah, for any folk or something. So I think you know, well, I would love to see um, the sheet that the education that the VA gives patients on diabetes. I would love to see that. So if anybody's listening yeah. and has that, please send it in. So that well, I yeah, yeah we can, we can well, see what, Sylvia, what kind of crazy things are on there. Sylvia, why don't you write up a simple fact sheet? Or we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it. You're so busy. We we can do it off this talk. Saying it's that. like being, you know, like it's being preg. It's like you know, either it's a it's like being pregnant. Either you are or you aren't. Either you have diabetes or you don't. You know. Exactly. If you've ever and once you're a diabetic, yeah. you cannot go back to being pre-diabetic. That is that doesn't happen. We should do a fact sheet, Alex, and post it. Well, yeah, and then the next thing we need to do is have Sylvia start writing IMOs for these folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also, what I, what I thought about doing also is I, I, belong to, I belong to a couple of organizations, uh, you know, diabetes organizations, like the uh, California Coalition of Diabetes, and I will uh, contact them and ask them to give me statements on what they think about uh, you know, the story for the, like it happened for this man that his uh, blood sugar was under control and they told him he was not diabetic. Well, I look right. at when these people charge for these uh, nexus uh, things, and I know there's a couple of guys that had a diet on for this kind of stuff, and they charge six, $7,000 for an IMO saying that you have diabetes, explaining what Sylvia just said. That's well, crazy. Well, Sylvia will do it for a whole lot less than $6,000. Yes, let me know. If, I mean, I'm a diabetes educator, so I should be able to do that. Well, yeah. as a registered nurse, you, ha- you have the ability to write an independent medical opinion and say that it's a, at least as likely or as not and in the realm of possibility that this man is diabetic and there is no such thing as pre-diabetic, and then you explain it to him, and then 
After about 10 of those things, the VA starts to get the message, and they quit using that as a defense, and they ignore it. They get these things like Kida published about the BVA uh, decision where the judge agreed with Barbara Copeland. Uh, and, and she recognized what their game was and how they were gaming this pre-diabetes kind of thing. But you need... I'd say about five or ten of these to go to the BVA and have a couple of them get denied by some of those hang em high judges. Take it up to the Court of Veterans' Appeals. I'm, I'm not saying that I was thinking when I, when I read this story. Um, you know, they based everything on the blood sugar, but there's yeah. also other signs and symptoms of diabetes. So, you know, if I went to the doctor and you said, you know, I think I have diabetes, because I'm urinating frequently and because I'm thirsty all the time, then they wouldn't be able to argue it so much because those are symptoms of diabetes. Yeah. But I didn't see, I didn't see anything besides neuropathy mentioned as symptom of diabetes on the, on the whole entire case. Anami you know. You're going to have to. I was uh, just down in Muskogee. They gave me a pair of diabetic shoes. (laughs) Okay, there. Yet yet they still try to claim that I'm pre-diabetic. And I was looking here. I just took five days ago, took blood work, and I got a copy of it on my... uh, Sugar, what was it? It, it was 127. Okay, there but you go. They, that's, that's diabetes. But they put a notation here that, where was it? I had a mark. Okay, the, the, Amer- the, American, the American Diabetes Association says that a diagnosis of diabetes is if your blood sugar, if your blood sugar is stop, higher oh, than 26 on two separate occasions. Well, uh, I know the one before this I did at my doctor's office here in town and was 146. Oh, God, you're diabetic. And, and he uh, took a fit. But uh, now this one was from the VA, and they got... Right, they got 127? Yeah, they have 127, but then they put a note underneath the valuation prior but to... And, that, and that, was, that was fasting, right? Huh? Your results were fasting? Were you fasting when they did the test? Yeah, yes. Okay, so that okay, that makes you a diabetic. It, two separate occasions, your blood sugar was higher than 126. Here's a notation they put in this. It uh-huh. said evaluation prior to 3-6 uh, of 2009, reference range was... 70 to 110. So they're going back so to that date saying I was Okay, good. so when your blood sugar was 110, you were pre-diabetic. Once your yeah, blood that sugar was back, was... Well, that was back, you know, my blood sugar's all over the place anyway. But but your blood sugar now is has been higher than 126 on two separate occasions. 
You oh, had a 127, 127 and 140, and that makes you a diabetic. Yeah, it's been more times than that. Okay, uh, so you, you definitely have a diagnosis of diabetes. Are they questioning your diagnosis? Oh, yeah, they wonder. They said, we never diagnosed you as being diabetic. Well, I said, why are you not. giving me diabetic <laughs> shoes for? <laughs> no, but you, but you are a diabetic. And if you're a Vietnam vet, then you, you know, and you were exposed to Agent Orange, then you have a good claim there. Well, I'm not a Vietnam vet, but uh, I am Vietnam heir. You know, I, I have invited Roger Taylor, who's, who's a lawyer, to come and join us. And I don't know if you can hear us. Please jump in. But uh, I, I guess not, huh? But I do because have he would be he would be like we need see we need a, a somebody in the medical profession and a lawyer in our team. Yeah, well, we got a good vet. Well, you know what what, yeah, what I what I'm finding really interesting is that I thought this was more or less a plot against you know to deny as many Vietnam vets as possible. Uh, you know, you know the diabetes, like but now it sounds like with Gerald too, they're just across the board. Yeah, it's trying to do. It is. You know, they're calling everybody diabetic. I mean, when you have a, a blood sugar of one forty, there's no, there's no question about you being diabetic. There, no possible question. I mean, I think that their education is lacking because if somebody is not spotting a, a one forty blood sugar, that's pretty bad. You'd have to hey, work. You talk to Murder. Come with sorry, sorry, Forty. He did. Yeah. Huh. Have you talked to Murder Simmons, Kate? Yeah, Murder. She got. She got it. Uh, her husband was misdiagnosed, uh, and. Uh, he had sugar diabetes, and she proved it up after his death. Right, and how sad is that? That poor man. Yeah. I mean, he had all that damage. He probably died too soon because of it, um, because he totally got missed for years, probably. I mean, that's awful. Right, yeah. I, that, that hurts me when I hear stories like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that she persevered and, and uh, looked at everything. She looked at the death certificate. And a lot of times, you know, things do not get diagnosed, and then they are put at the end on the death certificate. And I guess they mentioned something about damage from Agent Orange, and that's how she knew. But that is wow. horrible. That's horrible. Well, and that's what's happening now. With VA labs, is they often will be much lower than something that you'll get out in the civilian testing environment with a civilian laboratory for a You're place. absolutely right. I've noticed that yeah. because I get blood work from both the VA and my private doctor. Right. And uh, I've noticed that the VA is always real tight. And, yeah. Uh, he does that three day or three month average thing yeah. on on top running, of everything else. What's that running? Oh, I know it when they do your AS three month results. Test your liver. Uh, what, what is what is your three month result for the hemoglobin A one C? 
I I was looking for that paper. He just did it. I had had it here, but I got it mixed up somewhere. I have it's a hard over 6.9. time. I think it was uh, seven. Um, one month was seven. Uh, anyway, he was hollering at me because my blood sugar. Seven. Was up so there. so that's like a, that's about 120 blood sugar. Seven percent. Yep. So well, you know, I think it was higher than that on the average. And I said, and and yep. I, and they consider now that the VA is using hemoglobin A1Cs to diagnose diabetes. So if they're saying that a six point five <laughs> diabetes, so you have a seven. So what are they arguing? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to argue. You're definitely a diabetic. You have to look at. Uh, you guys have to look at the VA too now. You know, they're a medical system in its entirety and their own entity, and they may not have the same numbers as the rest of the world in diabetes control. Their numbers could be different, and if that's the case, and they're teaching their professionals to actually use their numbers because that's their system. Right, uh, but then you can you can counter with with the organ the you know the levels from the American Association, the Diabetes Association, and that has more more weight. That's what we call a nexus in the old speak of the VA, and that's a good idea. But, you know, if you're filing a claim on diabetes, you need to get all your information, including uh, uh, KW needs to get the stuff she had in Vermont and everything, and maybe get one of the doctors in Vermont to write her a letter and take that with her if he has an exam. But go ahead and file that claim because he has got diabetes, and he will win that claim. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lab slip, yeah. send it to KeyDev and have her t- have Jay tested in the civilian laboratory there after he eats about a fruit basket or fruit. Well, if you have, if you have well, questions, you know, I, I, I don't know where yeah. they send. Send them in, and then we'll we'll be happy to answer. I'll be happy to answer. Right, KeyDev. Okay. Hey, I'll well, pay we'll her. Do, I still owe her we'll for two jet guns. You know, we'll do. Um, <laughs> we won't charge you for answering our questions. You know, I I don't know. There's a lot to think about. Number one, Sylvia, you've motivated me to keep working on this protein uh, aspect to keep him healthier. And I think the idea that we, I've had this idea that on Ask Nod. We should do our own fact sheets because there's so much misinformation on the VA fact sheets. And, you know, it, things that they leave, it's not just things that they say, but things that they leave out. I, I would love and, to see those, all, the, all the information sheets that they have you know, so I can make fun of them. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, if you guys, if anybody out in the public has those sheets, please send them in. To, send us a copy so I can see what they're talking about. Okay. Then we have more. more well, we'll ambition. do. Yeah. Well, we can run by. We could try to do something on diabetes, something that a vet can bring. Let's say a Vietnam vet. That's a very vet, good idea. Very good idea. You know, uh, can bring to his VA doctor and say, look. Do you disagree with this, or is this standard, you know, medical knowledge? And if they disagree, fine. If we could put hundreds of these things out. If they disagree, they can call me. Right. Hey, this is, we're out of we're out of time, folks. 
Uh, let's okay. go ahead well, thank and you for having we'll, me. we'll have a thank let's, you. I enjoyed let's it. Let's have another show. Let's have another show here next week to do this discussion. Cool okay. That sounds good. Nice yeah. talking to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Don't forget we'll, to watch we'll the debate tonight. Yeah. Let's let's do the debate tonight. I'm gonna go watch the, these crazy people. Oh, ain't they crazy? <laughs> yeah, we need a new leader in the VA. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Good night, night everybody. Okay. Bye. 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 Huh. Well, that's a good show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he caught up with us. <laughs> well, I wasn't ready. I didn't know. I had that three-day yeah. or three-month deal that... He did this time, and that was just done. Find the number. Last, last week. Find the number, and I'll tell you what percentage you're going to get when we get the service connected. I'll, I'll look that other one up. Yeah, uh, but the VA's got different guidelines. So that's the problem. And she needs to get a hold of Berta and talk to her, because Berta will walk her right through it. Yeah, Berta knows. All right. uh, but take it home. We're not recording no more. <laughs> well, all right. I'll talk to you after the debate. Let's see how our boy does. I don't know whether we wore that Trump hat or not. We'll discuss it later. <laughs> okay. Be careful. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bastard Show. <laughs>